from the 25-yard line. Play action on first down and has a lot of time. And he's going to go deep. And there is Christian Kirk, who's wide open. And Kirk will score on the first play from scrimmage. 75 yards. Hey Cardinal fans, Ryan here, your host for the Red Sea Ramblings podcast. Another week, another podcast, this time celebrating the win for the Arizona Cardinals, their first of the season here in 2018. Before we get started today, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter. Cardinals, that's at FPC underscore Cardinals. Also, go ahead and send us some emails if you have any questions, concerns, just want to get something off your chest. RedCRamblings at gmail.com. That's RedCRamblings at gmail.com. Got a busy show for you today. Lots of things to go over. We're going we're gonna to actually recap the Cardinals' victory in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Take a look at the offensive woes for the Cardinals, how their defense stepped up, got the victory. Take a look at some Cardinals news. We do have a few little tidbits that we need to go over. And then look ahead for the Cardinals' trip to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. But first, let's go ahead and take a look at the inaugural victory for the Steve Wilkes era. First win for head coach Steve Wilkes. First win for Josh. Rosen, the quarterback of the future for the Arizona Cardinals, defeating the 49ers 28-18 in Santa Clara. I predicted a 23-17 scoreline, very close to that. Didn't expect actually a lot of the outcomes as far as the defense getting five turnovers. Either way, great win for Arizona. Little quick recap, 49ers scored first, got a touchdown on a Matt Breida shovel pass. The 49ers drove right down the field, no problems there using screens, draws, outside runs with Breida, got the touchdown. Missed the extra point, so they were up 6-0. to zero. The Cardinals, very first play, very first possession of the game for them. 75-yard touchdown pass from Josh Rosen to Christian Kirk. Got the extra point, went up 7-6. to six. The Cardinals never looked back, kept the lead throughout the game. A second-quarter fumble that was returned by Patrick Peterson set up a David Johnson two-yard plunge to give them a 14-6 lead. Later on in the fourth quarter, with the 49ers trying to make a comeback, Trent Taylor, their diminutive slot receiver, caught a one-yard touchdown pass from C.J. Beathard. They failed on the two-point try. Chandler Jones had a great deflection on the play. Honestly, without that deflection, Pierre Garçon probably makes the catch, goes into the end zone, making it 14-14. But as it stood, the Cardinals kept the 14-12 lead. Later, when the 49ers got the ball back, Hassan Ryder came on a blitz, got to the quarterback, knocked the ball out. Josh Bynes picked it up. Ran 23 yards for a touchdown. Then the Cardinals got an interception, this time from Benet Ben Wickery. That set up a six-yard run for David Johnson to make it 28-12. to The 49ers would then go ahead and get a garbage touchdown, a one-yard run from C.J. Beathard, making it 28-18. to Taking a look at some game stats, the Cardinals ran 51 offensive plays to San Francisco's 98 overall time of possession. The Cardinals finished with 19 minutes and 48 seconds. The 49ers finished with 40 minutes and 12 seconds. Not too surprising considering the discrepancy in plays run. The Cardinals gained 220 total yards on the day. Meanwhile, the 49ers added 447 total yards, more than doubling the Cardinals' output. Even with the victory, you have to wonder as far as the Cardinals' offensive issues. They've continued now for five weeks on Sunday. One big play and nothing else. The Cardinals gained 75 yards on that first play of the touchdown pass from Josh Rosen to Christian Kirk. Then over the next 50 plays, 
just 150 yards, basically three yards a play. That won't get it done in the NFL. Part of the issue for the Cardinals was the interior of the offensive line having trouble blocking for the run and also in the passing game. Rosen had time. He had some time to make throws, often overthrew throws, did have some drops. So again, the drops are rearing its ugly head two weeks in a row. But Rosen missed some open receivers. One he missed looks like it would have been a 30-yard gain to Larry Fitzgerald overthrew the receiver. That comes with the territory of having a rookie quarterback back there, making the throws, being the starter for the team. You're going to have that growing pain. You're going to have to experience it, learn from it, and move on. I have little doubt that Rosen's going to be able to do that. I think he got better as the game went on. You could see that he was making smart decisions, making sure he wasn't forcing the football, putting it in a position where the Cardinals defense would have to come up again and make a sudden change stop. So he did what he could on offense. But part of the problem becomes your receiver is not really getting open, not being able to run the ball on offense. Once again, Mike McCoy struggled to call an offense for the fifth week in a row in the NFL. The man is looking like he might be out of a job soon. Three more weeks before I believe the bye happens, we could see that Mike McCoy gets fired just before the bye hits. That way the offense will then have a chance to get used to someone else's system, whether that's Byron Leftwich or whoever else is there. Either way, against the 49ers defense, a defense that has struggled quite a bit, but a defense that did have Richard Sherman back on Sunday, making a surprise appearance. The, the 49ers defense did a pretty good job of keeping everything in front of them, not giving up big plays. That's something they've struggled with. Against the Cardinals, you expected at least a couple of big plays. You got that one for the touchdown, but the rest of it came down to the Cardinals defense just keeping the 49ers out of the end zone, keeping them off the scoreboard. So another bad game for the Arizona Cardinals offense. Something needs to change. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Honestly, the Cardinals are going to have to be playing the Minnesota Vikings this week, who has a very good secondary, has a very decent pass rush. In the coming weeks, they're just going to have a lot of big matchups, a lot of tough matchups against some defenses coming in. Defensively for the Cardinals, obviously the five takeaways. You had three fumble recoveries and two interceptions. They had a defensive score. Josh Bynes recovering that fumble, 23 yards running into the end zone for that touchdown. But the other two scores were actually set up by an interception, also a fumble return. So in all these, they forced four fumbles and sacked C.J. Beathard four times. That's a very, very good game for the defense. Basically the same defense that we saw during the preseason showed up to Santa Clara. They showed up to Levi Stadium to make sure the Arizona Cardinals got the win. And frankly, if it wasn't for that defense, the Cardinals would have had another loss. They would have started 0-5. It wasn't difficult for anyone to see that the only reason the Cardinals won that game was because of the defense, because of the turnovers, and because of the points put up by the defense. The 49ers outgained the Cardinals. They held the ball twice as long. They should have scored a couple more times, but when you have a backup quarterback trying to lead the way, trying to win the game for your team, your defense is going to probably get some turnovers off of that backup quarterback, and C.J. Beathard was not careful enough with the football. His two fumbles were actually plays that he could have avoided the rush. Both times, whether it was Chandler Jones knocking the ball out and then recovering it himself, or Hassan Reddick coming in, looks like he bowled over Alfred Morris, who was blocking him, and then got his hand on the football while Beathard was trying to throw. Both times, Beathard could have just taken a quick, a little step to the left or step up in the pocket to just evade the rush enough so that he could make the throw downfield. And if you watch those replays, if you're looking at that All-22 tape, 
you'll see that the receivers were open, receivers were coming open, and Bethard was trying to make the throw. That's the difference between winning and losing in the NFL. Josh Rosen did a good enough job of protecting the football. Meanwhile, C.J. Bethard didn't, and obviously the Cardinals got the win. The victory on Sunday did give Arizona their first win of the season, like we talked about earlier. Moved them to 1-4 and four on the season, no longer in last place in the NFC West. That now belongs to the San Francisco 49ers via the tiebreaker head-to-head. Just looking at some player stats, Josh Rosen, 10 of 25 for 170 yards. One touchdown was sacked just once for six yards. Now you're looking at that yardage of 170 yards. Remember, 75 of that came on the first play of the game. So for the rest of the game, he was 9 of 24 for 95 yards. Not something that you can hang your hat on, but it is a rookie quarterback playing against a defense he's never faced before. David Johnson rushing the ball, 18 carries, 55 yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, those touchdowns were set up by the defense, but it's still two touchdowns nonetheless for David Johnson. Hopefully, it is momentum that he can then use moving into the game against Minnesota and further down the year. Receiving, targeted just three times, two catches for 16 yards. Christian Kirk, the big play guy for the Arizona Cardinal offense right now. Three receptions, targeted just four times for 85 yards, had that long touchdown, 75 yards. Now, obviously, again, just like Josh Rosen, you had that 75-yard touchdown at the beginning of the game. 75 yards minus 85 yards, that's 10 yards over two two receptions for the rest of the ballgame. Larry Fitzgerald, targeted just three times, two catches for 35 yards. Chad Williams actually was the most targeted player on the Cardinals offense. Him and Ricky Seals-Jones both tied for six targets. Chad Williams had two receptions for 23 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones had zero receptions. A couple of drops, but most of them were in coverage, tight coverage by the San Francisco defense. Wasn't able to come up with the football. Surprisingly, Chase Edmonds had just one carry on the day and was targeted just once. So significant decrease in playing time. Part of that, honestly, is due to the fact that the corners hardly had the football on offense. For instance, Josh Rosen threw the ball 25 times. C.J. Beathard threw the ball 54 times. The game was close for most of the ballgame. However, once Matt Breida was injured in the first half, Breida was already on pace in the first quarter. Eight carries, 56 yards, had the touchdown on a reception. Breida got hurt in the first quarter. The game plan changed a lot because you can't replace a back like Breida with Alfred Morris. Morris got 61 yards on 18 carries, but that's nowhere near as efficient as Breida was able to do. That changed up the entire game plan. 49ers got away from the run, started throwing the ball a lot more, and that's where we saw the mistakes from C.J. Beathard and the 49ers offense. At the end of the game, however, all that matters is if you win or you lose. Cardinals got that victory. Josh Rosen did his job to the best of his ability, did it turn the ball over the offense as much as they struggled on Sunday against the 49ers defense, did not turn the ball over, did not give the 49ers any extra chances other than they already had 98 plays on offense. The defense, again, you cannot overstate how important it was for them to get those five turnovers. Any one of those turnovers don't happen. You're likely looking at an 0-5 Cardinals team heading on the road to Minnesota to take on an even tougher team in the Vikings. Moving away from Sunday's game, let's go ahead and take a look at some news and notes for the Arizona Cardinals. One of the big things on Sunday was that Sam Bradford, once again, was inactive for the game. The Cardinals saved $312,000 every single game that Sam Bradford is inactive. Backup was Mike Glennon for Sunday's game. So once again, every single game that Bradford is inactive, that's $312,000 saved by the Arizona Cardinals. 
Speaking of spending for the Cardinals, they did go ahead and make an addition to the wide receiving core. They signed Kendall Wright, the 20th overall pick in 2012 by the Tennessee Titans. Biggest year that he's had so far was 2013, 1,079 yards in 2013. That was, I believe, his second year. That's been his only 1,000-yard season. Last season, he did spend with the Bears, played in all 16 games, 59 receptions, 614 yards, one touchdown. Obviously, that does not sound... Obviously, that does not sound like much of an upgrade for the receiving core until you look and consider that if you were to take his 2017 numbers, Kendall Wright would probably be leading this Arizona Cardinals offense by the end of the season. 59 catches. I don't believe anyone is on pace to even get 50 catches so far this season. And the 614 yards, maybe Christian Kirk could do that, but that's up for debate. Now, obviously, signing Kendall Wright helps bolster what has been a very weak and meager position. You have the veteran Larry Fitzgerald who has struggled this year. Part of that has to be because of the offense just struggling itself. And then you have Christian Kirk, the rookie, who has shown flashes of talent that got him all the recognition coming out of college that allowed him to be drafted so early in the NFL draft. Outside of those two, you have Ricky Seals-Jones and Jermaine Gresham who honestly are there and who occasionally get the passes, but don't make enough of an impact on offense to really warrant heavy game planning to find them, to get them open. And then, of course, you have someone like Chad Williams, I believe is a third-round pick. So far, only played two seasons. This season, through five games, four receptions, 53 yards, combining last season and this season, has played in 11 games, seven receptions, 84 yards, and one touchdown. That doesn't cut it. That will never cut it in the NFL. Adding Kendall Wright, as much as it may not be a flashy or a big splash addition, quite frankly, will help shore up the poorest wide receiving core in the NFL. It's gotten so bad with the Cardinals that the receivers currently rank 30th in receptions, 30th in yards, 30th in touchdowns, and 30th in overall targets. They've had only 41 receptions for 467 yards, two touchdowns, and have been targeted only 72 times. We're going to get into the Vikings office and how they operate, and I'll go over some numbers with that. And you'll understand why those numbers are so terrible for the Arizona Cardinals. And you're going to understand how bad it looks compared to an actual functioning and productive offense. So Steve Kime at this point just trying to do anything to go ahead and find some relief for the wide receiver core, which has been the most ineffective position group so far this season. Not a lot of options out there right now. Kendall Wright is a relatively... Talented option, just has never really been able to put it together outside of that one season in 2013. Hopefully, he can come in, learn the offense fast enough. And even if he's contributing five, six catches a game, even if he's not throwing up, you know, 100, 200-yard games, if he's able to do five catches for 60 yards, you know, that type of an average throughout the rest of the season, then he would have been a great addition. And maybe he'll be someone that can be included in the future of the Arizona Cardinals. That said, moving on. For this upcoming game in Minnesota against the Vikings, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the Vikings offense, what they do, how we can try to stop them, and then taking a look at the Vikings defense, a very tough defense, maybe not as good as they were last season, but still very tough. Let's go ahead and take a look at the offense to start. The Minnesota Vikings offense starts with Kirk Cousins, the free agent signing, the big free agent signing so far, 161 out of 226, 71% completion rate, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. His two favorite receivers, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, both of them have been targeted at least 50 times, both receivers averaging 80 or more yards each game. And then you have an offense 
in the Vikings, who have put up 23 points against the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles, 31 points against the Rams, 24 against the 49ers, and 29 against the Green Bay Packers. They did go ahead lay an egg at home against the Buffalo Bills. They went ahead and gave up 27 points on defense, but the offense only scored six. But that was more of an anomaly. And quite frankly, that was just something that you don't really take a look at because while there were mistakes made, it's not something that you could see the offense of the Vikings doing very often. Now, Kirk Cousins, the free agent signing, he actually has nearly 100 more attempts than the quarterbacks of the Cardinals combined. Now, he has that's nearly 100 more attempts. Not 100 attempts, but he has nearly 100 more. Kirk Cousins so far has thrown the ball 226 times, like I said, for a 71% completion percentage. That is impressive stats. Cousins has shown and Cousins has shown that he has the arm to throw deep. He also has the ability to throw his receivers wide open. If you were at all watching last Sunday's game between the Vikings and the and the Eagles, there were a couple of throws that Cousins made while under duress, where he actually threw his receiver wide open. One to Adam Thielen. Thielen hadn't even come off his break at that point, but under duress with pressure coming down on him, Cousins threw the ball in the flat on a deep out route, made sure that Thielen had the space. Thielen made a great diving catch. Now, when taking a look at the Vikings offense, it's important to note that their offensive line is not necessarily world beaters. For instance, their left tackle, Riley Rafe, he's actually, he's been injured the last few games, left last Sunday's game early with a foot injury, has battled that injury for most of the season. He may not be available for Sunday's game against the Cardinals. That said, the way that that offense run, John DiFilippo likes to use a lot of motion. Keep in mind, he is an Andy Reid disciple. So they like to use a lot of misdirection, a lot of motion. They have no problem with the short passing game, getting the ball out quickly. That said, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you don't want to have to have your defense cover Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and even tight end Kyle Rudolph for long durations of time, for long periods of time. So what the big thing is going to be is getting that pressure Preferably without the blitz, but if you have to blitz, get that pressure quickly. The last game against the Eagles, there was a number, I do believe it was about 2.6 seconds. Every 2.6 seconds from the snap, Kirk Cousins got the football out. At that point, off of a snap, if you count yourself, one, two, the ball's coming out. That's not enough time for a lot of defensive linemen, even blitzers, to get to the quarterback. At that point, it's getting in the the throwing lanes, getting your hands up, knocking passes down do anything to disrupt the timing. Part of it as well, as your secondary needs to be a lot more aggressive at the line of scrimmage, jam, push the receivers, get in front of them, slow down the route so that you're not allowing Kirk Cousins to make the throws as quickly as he wants to make them. That's going to be a big thing for the Arizona defense. And it starts with Chandler Jones. He needs to take advantage of whomever is actually guarding him on Sunday, whether that's Rafe, whether that's someone else. He needs to use his speed, use his strength, to make sure he can collapse the pocket from his end, have and force Kirk Cousins to step up in the pocket, to move in the pocket, make him uncomfortable. He is an athletic quarterback. He's not the most athletic quarterback. He can move if he needs to, but you want to, like any other quarterback, you want to get them off their spot to make throws earlier or later than they want to. Either way, disrupt the rhythm of the offense and try to make big plays on the back end. Moving on to the Vikings defense. You have a defensive unit against the run, ranking in the upper half of the NFL. Against the pass so far this season, actually in the lower half, ranked, I believe it was in the late 20s. Now, the reason being part of that is because they have played the Rams, they have played the Eagles, they have played the Packers. So that can skew your stats. Against the 49ers, the defense gave up 237 yards, 
and then against the Rams, 456 yards. The overall Vikings defense is fairly solid. Now, they may be without some key players on defense. Obviously, Everson Griffin, who is going through some personal issues. Hopefully, he gets those taken care of, but he will likely not be there for a few more weeks. So you have no Everson Griffin, which does impact the pass rush, and, and then possibly joining Griffin on the inactive list. You have Trey Waynes and Marcus Sheros, who are both cornerbacks. Trey Waynes is a talented cornerback who does contribute often to the Vikings defense. And then Tayshawn Bowers, another defensive lineman, who also may not be out with injury. So those types of subtractions from that Vikings defense should allow the Cardinals to take advantage. Now, the Vikings do struggle with their linebacking core. Against the run, their linebackers are amazing. But against the pass, as was seen against the Rams, they do struggle in coverage in space. Primarily, Aaron Barr, who blew who blows coverage relatively frequently um, against the Rams. He did struggle to stay with receivers, tight ends, wide receiver, excuse me, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. He just struggled a lot this season. The Eagles took advantage of him again last week with Zach Ertz. This week, the goal is to run Chase Edmonds, run David Johnson, run Jermaine Gresham, or, or run Ricky Seals-Jones at him. The goal is to just put him in space, force him to cover Arizona receivers, and then watch him struggle, and then hopefully get some big plays off of that. Ideally for the Arizona offense, it's time to get Fitzgerald involved. Part of it is scheming for the underneath route, deep crossing routes. Like I said, making the linebackers chase him. The Vikings like to run a lot of man schemes, so keeping him in the slot, moving him around, could get him on a linebacker from time to time. At that point, if you're Rosen, you're going to have to key in on that. The Vikings, like I said, struggled against athletic tight ends. So looking at Jermaine Gresham, looking at Ricky Seals-Jones, that's where you're going to want to do that. That's where you're going to want to take advantage. That's where you're going to want to make their plays. Hopefully those guys can do something on offense to help the Cardinals offense do more than just scoring a touchdown per game. And of course, against a defense that is known for blitzing, Mike Zimmer is an expert at hiding his blitz, disguising his coverages. Don't be surprised if you see eight or nine guys at the line of scrimmage lined up, all of them standing up, not knowing who's going to go, who's going to stay, who's going to drop in coverage, especially against a great quarterback, especially against an offensive line that has struggled like the Arizona Cardinals. Expect Zimmer and his defense to bring a lot of pressure, not to help Rosen in that. Mike McCoy needs to do a couple of things. One, prioritize the pass protection. And two, quick passing game, help get the ball out of Rosen's hands quickly, whether that's to the backs, whether that's to a tight end, whether that's to the wide receivers. A quick, short passing game can also act as a running game. So if David Johnson isn't able to get anything going on the ground, you can still use him as a receiver, use him as the weapon like we talked about against those linebackers who struggle in space. All of this is going to come down to how Mike McCoy decides to protect his offense. Now, obviously, a couple of things that you can do against a defense who gets a lot of pressure is either prioritize the pass protection, like I said earlier, or spread them out by going with four wides, five wide receivers. On the Cardinals offense, you're probably going to be looking at three wide receivers, Ricky Seals-Jones, and then using either Chase Edmonds or David Johnson. But spread that defense out, force them to have to cover. That way, hopefully, that means they bring less pressure especially with the speed on the outside. We're nearing the end of today's show. Before I do go, I want to go ahead and give my final prediction on Sunday's matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. I do think that the Cardinals defense is going to be able to hold its own for most of the ballgame. I do think they get a couple of turnovers. I do think that both of those are going to probably be interceptions with as much as the Vikings like to throw the football. Hopefully, I'm wrong, 
and the Cardinals defense is able to get a lot more pressure on Kirk Cousins to help neutralize that quick passing game. However, I do think the Cardinals offense is going to struggle. I don't think that Mike McCoy trusts his receivers, trusts his offensive line to really put the game in the hands of Josh Rosen. As a result, I don't think the offense really does anything. I think it's another game fill of David Johnson runs up the middle for no gains. I do think that Rosen does get a touchdown. I'm going to go ahead and call Larry Fitzgerald with the touchdown, but I ultimately believe that the Vikings are going to win this game at home with that raucous Minnesota crowd, 31-13. to That loss would drop the Cardinals to 1-5, and put them in prime position to contend for that number one pick coming up in the 2019 draft. All right, everyone. I do appreciate you taking your time this week and every week to listen to us here at the Red Sea Ramblings podcast. Go ahead, take a look at fullpresscoverage.com for all your Arizona Cardinal news. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Cardinals. That's at FPC underscore Cardinals. Drop us a line, redsearamblings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Go Cardinals.